Hey, Sweat Sisters, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister to sister chat with an inspiring go getter. And listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me, and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating, which will help other sweat sisters in need of inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. Use the hashtag Pretty Girl Sweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. You're listening to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. And today I'm chatting with Kirsten Potenza. With the words be good, do good, inked along her right foot, the CEO and founder of Pound Rockout Workout leads her body, life, and business with that same mantra. Potenza founded Pound at the age of 24, designing it to be something that connected people directly with the beat, using music as an escape to empower and motivate. She believes strongly that a workout should feel as powerful and moving as playing or listening to music. Potenza aspires to change minds before bodies and created a space and environment where everyone feels welcome and accepted. Take a listen to learn how the self-proclaimed fitness rebel is shifting the fitness conversation and becoming a catalyst for change. Kirsten, welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I have so much to ask. In so little time. <laughs> so let's get this party started. Um, I really always start with the beginning, just trying to figure out your journey and your upbringing, like whether or not you had siblings and if sports was a part of your life. So let's just start right there. Yeah, I I grew up in a very tiny little town in upstate New York. And, you know, we didn't have a ton growing up. But looking back, I always really respect my parents so much because it felt like we did. Um, I think they did an incredible job of really filling our lives with a lot of amazing things. And I was lucky enough to have the freedom to spend most of my days outdoors. And both of my parents were entrepreneurs and probably the most creative humans I've ever met. And because of that, I, I spent a really good portion of my childhood doing creative things and learning from my parents and, you know, whether it was woodworking or learning how to shoot a bow and arrow with my dad or painting projects or gardening with my mom, I had the privilege of exploring kind of my creative skills from a really young age. And at the same time, really without knowing it, I had two of my heroes living in the same house as me. My my mom and dad were both entrepreneurs and my dad was a contractor and my mom was an interior designer and I watched them without knowing it, both grow businesses from our from our very own house and at one point from my own bedroom, which is where their office was. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. You, and you had ownership in these companies, right? You know, since you were- Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I, sitting in my bed, I was like, I'll take 10%. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was 
it was a wild experience and I definitely caught the bug from a really uh, young age. I, I remember um, I opened up a gift shop in this little uh, outhouse in my backyard uh, called the Forget Me Not Shop when I was probably seven or eight and I sold potpourri and handmade puzzles to anybody who would buy them and made business cards and and all that fun stuff. So that definitely was was in my blood from a really young age. I love that. Okay, so what did you pick up from your parents that you still use today as a businesswoman? Oh my gosh, that's a hard and an easy question. <laughs> I I mean, like I said, they literally are two of the most creative people that I've ever met, but they were also so scrappy. Like my mom would get scraps from my dad's um, shop and we would use those little, you know, like square pieces of wood to, uh, you know, paint a picture on. And my mom had a garden and we, she, we would literally eat uh, off of this garden. So really using what we had uh, and and making the most out of it. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And if I think about how I work today and, you know, how Pound started and, and all of that, I, I really recognize that that ability to take some very little and make it into something very big. Hmm. It seems as if as a child, you were like a little mini mogul in the making. Like, did, you, <laughs> did you fit in with your peers or were they like, girl, like we can't even get down with you. We want to play while you want to sell. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing is looking back, a lot of the games we played were business oriented. Like one of the things we, we played a lot was like town and everybody owned their own business. And another one that we played was like, we would put on these plays and somebody was the director. And I honestly don't know where that came from, but a lot of my, you know, my sisters are entrepreneurs and my cousins are entrepreneurs. So whether I, whether or not that came from our childhood or our parents, that was kind of the way that we played. And it felt very playful and childlike and it's interesting this kind of just clicked I I often say to people I still feel like I'm playing to this day um and there's a lightness that I bring to being an entrepreneur and my everyday life where it doesn't feel so serious it feels like we're all you know sitting in this playroom playing town and owning our own businesses and I, I've never really thought about it that way but I, I think I I feel like I'm still a kid playing playing business uh to this day yeah well speaking of playing let's go into sports especially in high school Tell us about that experience. From a very young age, really from the age of probably five or six, I I was moving, whether it was outside. I, I began um, actually in ice skating and gymnastics. And in high school, I started uh, rowing because my mom wanted me uh, to, to try it. And, and, you know, rowing is known um, to be the largest uh, team sport in, in the world because you quite literally have to move in sync with each other. You know, all eight people in a boat have to move a millisecond by millisecond in sync. So it is an incredible sport. And I learned a lot about myself and a lot of, about leadership um, through, through team sports and growing up in them. And then I, of course, went 
on to be a Division One athlete at UCLA, um, where again, I probably learned more on the water than I did in, in most of my, my classes. And being on a team was always, not always something that was so important to me. I didn't realize it, but it was the way in which I grew up. And it was in a team environment and understanding how to work with other people um, and work towards a greater goal, whether that's winning or becoming stronger or, you know, fine tuning our skills. There was so much education that happened within sports for me. What about a coach? Was there any specific coach you ever had that really pushed you in ways that you had never been pushed before? I had a coach in, in high school. It was a really difficult moment for me because I so badly wanted to be a rower. And my coach one day was like, so Kirsten, you are five foot one and you're a little bit small. <laughs> and I really think that you would be a really good coxswain, which is the um, essentially the coach that sits oh. in the boat. And that was one of the most devastating days for me because in my mind, I was like, A, you're telling me that I can't really be a part of a team and that I, and because I'm smaller and shorter and, you know, whatnot, I I have to sit at the front of this boat and, and kind of lose the control of being able to affect this team, um, in a way that I wanted to. And what I later learned was that, you know, although the role of being a coxswain is a, a hard one, because when the team wins, it's, it's because the team kicked butt. And when the team loses, it's usually your fault, but it was one of the more important roles that I, that I sat in, 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 you know, my high school and college life. And it was a difficult place to sit in, but I, I learned a lot there. And, and if it wasn't for him, um, I wouldn't have been pushed in that direction. And I wouldn't have, you know, understood the value of, right. of sitting in that role. Every role is important in some way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was yeah. your major at UCLA? I was a sociology major Aha. at UCLA. Okay. How... Are you applying that degree today or are you saying to yourself like, hmm, why did I? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm sure every human goes through this, but there are days that I sit down where if you ever question your, your own life and the steps that, you know, you took to get where you're at today, just look back. And if, if I do that, I see so many things that, you know, led me to the place that I'm at today. And sociology was a big one. I, it wasn't my original major. I, I started taking sociology classes with this professor named Linda Van Leuven. She changed my life. I don't think she, she knows me or knows that, but learning sociology is the study of people. Mm -hmm. And I would walk out of her classes, either crying or laughing or experiencing huge breakthroughs. And she really inspired my journey to not only better understand humans, but to understand how to serve them. And she taught me a lot about empathy and love and sexuality and the importance of human connection, which 
is a thread that runs through uh, Pound and everything that we do at Pound. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, you know, I probably took like eight or nine of her classes and she, she changed my life and uh, you know, her classes in sociology really, you know, affected who I am as a human today and how, how I, um, you know, run my business and what I bring to my business as well. Yeah. I mean, what she taught is affecting the lives of so many people, not even just you. That's really cool. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you get this degree and the first thing or the first job you get out of college is what? So I actually, (laughs) my mom is going to be so upset about this because she (laughs) gives me a hard time still to this day, but I actually didn't officially graduate from UCLA. I was five credits short. Okay. um, And it was a, uh, a language class that I did not complete because I was so anxious to get into the real world and have a real job. Um, And believe me, my mom gives me a hard time um, about this to this day and my coach. Um, But I'm sure one day I'll go back and finish those last five credits. But I went directly into a job um, in the events and entertainment industry. Uh, And it was a really exciting job. It was a job that taught me, again, a lot about people, maybe kind of the negative side of people. It was very much in like Hollywood and, you know, we ran, um, you know, movie uh, releases and and big parties and and stuff like that. Um, And I didn't, I really loved the events side of my job, but I didn't love kind of the Hollywood side of, of my job at that time, but it taught me a lot. And then you took the biggest risk of your career. The biggest risk. <laughs> what, what was it? I'm like, which one? <laughs> I feel like there's, there's more than the one I'm thinking of. Okay. So, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. There's, there's so many. Okay. So many. What's the first biggest risk you ever took? I mean, I, again, I drove my mom crazy, but I, I had career ADD. I literally jumped from one career to another. I was in, um, the fashion industry for a while, the food industry. Um, I went into, I ran a, a a music venue for a while. Then right before pound, I left a, a job where I was offered, you know, ownership over a company and it was a really big decision for me to to not take it and I immediately was like I need to I just need to go back to serving people and I went into the nonprofit realm and then that's when this idea and concept of of pound started and where probably the biggest leap that I've ever taken in my life happened. Mm. Now this leap was inspired by your previous career. Um, tell, you know, the audience, you know, how you were able to, you know, pull inspiration from something that you were doing that you just weren't in love with, but really used, you know, kind of a similar way of entertaining people uh, and apply that to the fitness world. Yeah. So I 
like I said, I, I came from this team environment. I came from this world uh, of, of movement and, and family, really. And when I left that realm shortly after college, I was introduced to the fitness world, the gym world. And uh, at, at the time, my, my uh, business partner, who left the company about four years ago, we we met and we really were living at opposite ends of the spectrum. I was this kind of free spirit and she was, you know, that person that was the, the calorie counter and, you know, the fitness fanatic. And I started going to the gym and I started to feel this really uncomfortable shift. It was a shift from how my body performed and really how it moved through the world to how it looked. And it was a lot of the language I was hearing at the gym, you know, like your problem areas. And if you do this, you're going to burn this many calories. There was something about that that felt so uncomfortable for me. And when I feel uncomfortable and I don't understand it, I oftentimes will just run in the other direction. And that's what I did. And I, I was you know, working at a music venue at a time at the time. And I started to understand the power that music had. And I watched people experience humans experience music on a nightly basis. And this light bulb happened for me personally, when I recognized that I really sat in the seat of the student and that <clears throat> if I could find a way to make working out feel as empowering and inclusive and moving as listening to and playing an instrument or, or just listening to music or going to a concert, that that was a workout that you'd never have to ask me to go to, that I'd never have to sit at my house and say, well, I could do it tomorrow or, you know, I have a really busy day and it's, it's not going to be a priority. It's, it's, it was a workout that I knew I could always show up to. And I felt that other humans in the world maybe felt the same way. So that perspective of being a student and, you know, not having fitness come easy to me, um, what was really, it, it really, that's what really inspired me at the beginning of pound. Um, and I know that it was so easy for me being an athlete and being a part of a team, you have people who hold you accountable, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't have that anymore. And I, I needed and wanted to create that same environment again. And, and we did that through creating this group fitness class. It's now called pound. I mean, you nailed it from the very <laughs> first time I tried pound in New York City. I mean, I guess it was probably maybe five or six years ago. I'm like, this is genius. <laughs> I'm like, I'm having so much fun. I literally feel like Sheila E. <laughs> and I'm like, this is everything. So Say if someone out there is like, okay, this is awesome. You had this idea, but how do you launch a fitness uh, program? Like, how does that even happen? Especially you coming from a totally different industry. How did you know what to do first? Well, that is a very good <laughs> question. And I, I often think about that. And when I look back, I knew nothing about the industry. 
Um, neither of us did. And I believe that almost naive spirit is what actually carried us through the beginning of, of launching Pound. Not knowing much about the industry and having fresh eyes on it and a different perspective, I think is really important. And I think when somebody, um, no matter what industry you're trying to get into, people will probably do their due diligence and do all of the research and look at what other people are doing and what you know worked and what didn't. But I also think that the companies that really get off the ground get off the ground because they were blinded by the light that is the magic of what they're authentically creating. And that's really what happened with Pound. It was, oh my gosh, this feels good. This is amazing. I love this experience. How do we bring this to other people? Okay, let's do a little bit of homework. You know, well, people are bringing it to other um people by creating training programs. Okay, let's trade, create a training program. And, and past that, we weren't doing much digging. We weren't doing a lot of due diligence. We were just saying, okay, these are the pieces it takes to get a program to, out into the world. Let's take what we know, but let's take also what's in our, our hearts and what's lighting us up on a daily basis and what we feel like the world needs and infuse that into the product that we're creating. And then, of course, let's look at the business that is fitness and figure out the way that we want to do it and we want to take it to the world. And, you know, I'm sure this has been said a million times in the past, but there's an element in business where you just have to put on your blinders and jump. Uh, a cardio drumming class sounds silly and many people, including my own family were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds ridiculous. Um, And, and you're going to get people in your life who you love, who you respect, who are going to say, what are you doing? But you kind of just have to put the blinders on and jump because if you don't, it's not going to work. If you're not 100% in, it's not going to work. No matter what you're trying to do or what industry you're in, um, you have to really believe in in yourself and the product 110%. Because if you don't, that little bit of doubt, um, you know, it will always kind of, you know, sneak its way in. But you have to push it aside um, because... Uh, if if you truly believe in it, it means that it matters and it means that it's probably something that the world does need. Was there a mentor that moved the needle for you during this process or did you just do like some simple Google searches to figure out, okay, we need to do this today? <laughs> there, There's a couple people along the way that really inspired okay. me. And I know that so many people have, you know, one mentor that really influenced them. My parents are one, but it wasn't the people that were, this is hard because I don't want to take away anything from the people that influenced me in a big, big way from the beginning, but it really was the people who began to take the Mm. class that influenced me the most seeing them respond to this group fitness class 
was the most inspiring thing that could have happened. And it was that little kind of carrot that kept you going. It was, oh my gosh, your eyes just lit up. You experienced what I experienced, you know, taking pound. You were inspired enough to want to inspire other people. And that was the ripple effect that that I wanted. Um, I walk into a class where I feel included and empowered and good enough, right? That That's something that was hard to find. It was hard to find for me. So many times in class, it was like, I was introduced to something that was wrong with me, which felt so counterintuitive. But I wanted Pound to be this place where it was like, show up as you are. This is a workout for any age, any stage, everybody and everybody. Um, we're going to meet you exactly where you're at and who you are today, whether you feel weak or strong, happy or sad. We're here for you and who you are right now is enough. And this workout's going to serve you in the way that you need. And seeing people experience that was the most inspiring thing. So I would say every person was a was a mentor to me in, in that way. That's great. Well, from class number one to now, like what has changed with the program? Like are the, are the ripsticks the same? Like I want to know like the first class, like were you like, oh, these things are too heavy or they're too light? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had some really interesting experiences with the ripsticks in the beginning. Everything from them being really funny shape to really funny colors. Um, but we, we did get the magic sauce down um, pretty early. But I will say, and I believe this in my everyday life, that we've never got it right. We, we, if, you, if you wake up one day and you're like, I got this, I got life figured out, you've got it all wrong, yeah. right? So I, I choose to look at, at Pound and the business in the same way. If, if you wake up and we're like, oh, we got the magic sauce, it's good. We figured it all out. People are loving it. We've got it all wrong, right? If, if we think about it that way. So what I love about Pound is that we've evolved. Every day we're evolving. Every day we're finding new things that we can do better. We've changed our training program six times. Um, a lot of the times people, when they look at their product, they're like, it's working. Why would we change it? I'm like, it's working. How can we make mm -hmm. it better? How can we serve our people uh, better? How can we serve our instructors, our pros um, in, a, in a better and more efficient way? Um, so that's what I love about what we do, but also what I love about our community. They are receptive of, of that. They are welcoming to change. Um, we have made so many mistakes, so many bumps in the road, and we haven't been afraid of talking about them and sharing them. So I love that Pound is this, you know, ever evolving business and, and program and, and community. And I'm, I'm proud of that. So yeah, I think it's changed a ton and I think it'll change today uh, and, and hopefully a, a bunch more in, in the future. Okay. And do you have any advice for emerging 
female business owners about how to be smart about money when you're launching a business? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, a couple things. Um, one, in general, uh, read Jen Sincero's How to Be a Badass at Making Money. Uh, it's a book that I read recently that really changed the way that I looked at money. When you grow up without a lot of money, you you can sometimes have a negative relationship with it. Sometimes there's a lot of guilt associated with having it. And this book really helped me understand that in order to be a successful businesswoman or a human in general, I had to look at money in a different way and I had to create a different relationship with it. it money isn't a bad thing. I am not uh, personally driven by it, but I understand that without it, I can't run a business, yeah. right? That's just cold, hard facts. And without, I want to live a certain quality of life, you have to have, you know, a certain amount of money. That's, that's okay. And so how do we figure out a way in business to not be driven by it? Because not only are you not going to be happy at the end of the day, if that's the only thing that's important. But how do we understand that it's needed in order to be successful in order to keep a, a you know, purpose driven company alive? Um, and you if you think about it that way, you find ways that to serve your own company and serve your community at the same time, and hopefully uh, have a company that lives you know, 10 to 20 years uh, down the road. Well, I'm typing the name of that book down right now and setting myself a calendar <laughs> alert. Like you need to purchase this or download it ASAP. It's yeah, a really I'm good book. Get into yeah. that for sure. Thank you for that recommendation. All right. So of course, now we're going to dig into course. your routines and habits just a bit. Um, when you have a successful day, what does it look like for you? First of all, I love how you just ask that question because it I feel like so many people say like what's your everyday life like and you're like well the good days are the bad days and the reality is that we we have good days and we have bad days right and and it's always important to me when um when I have had a couple of days that don't feel as successful I always go back and I'm like okay what was I doing on the days that I felt really good, right? So I love that you asked it that way. I think on the days that I feel most successful, I I wake up in the morning, I always set my alarm 15 minutes before I actually want to get up because I'm not a morning person and I like to trick myself <laughs> into thinking I can hit the snooze button. <laughs> I will never be a morning person, but I have found ways to kind of trick myself into, into being one. Yeah, and that kind of gives me the permission to, to hit the snooze button without having to feel bad about it. I'll get up, I drink a cup of water, I feed my dog, I pet my dog. I found that just, this sounds cheesy, but like looking into his eyes and giving him love first thing in the morning really kind of grounds me and makes me feel connected. Um, I, I meditate for three minutes. I do the same meditation. Um, if I meditate, it's a Deepak meditation. If you Google three minute meditation, it comes up as the second video. Wait, YouTube? Always, it's on YouTube? For me. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then I will always kind of map out my day. I think when I have found the most success in my weeks and my days, it's on Sunday. I look at my entire schedule. I map everything out. I write down what I'm wearing. It's silly, but it's like the things that stress you out. Like, how do you get ahead of those things? You know, what I'm wearing, you know, what I'm going to eat at night, um, if I have a full schedule of meetings, how am I going to set some time apart to, you know, take a walk on my lunch break or set some meetings with myself? So mapping is a really big part of a successful day for me. Um, and then I usually don't eat breakfast until an hour or two after I get up, have a cup of coffee, and I am lucky enough to live just a few minutes from my office. So I'll walk down and, and I'll usually, you know, grab a cup of coffee or I'll take a really nice walk on the bike path. And then um, I like to spend a little bit time in the morning before everybody gets in to get my head right. And then I spend about 10 or 15 minutes when everybody gets in being present with my team, um, saying hi, welcoming them into the office, you know, how was your weekend or how was your night last night? And then getting right into the the day, which is usually packed full of way too many meetings. Well, when you do your mapping, are you using an app for that or you have a just a basic journal? (laughs) (laughs) I am, I get made fun of a lot for this, but I am so old school. I, you know, I have my Outlook calendar, but I have to write everything down. And I think it's the writing it down that makes it me recognize the reality of a day and the openings in my day. And, um, it just, I've always been that way. I have a to-do list, a written to-do list, writing it helps me. It makes it real. Um, crossing something off. I know there's science behind this and the validation that you get, but it feels so good to just say, yep, I did that. Um, so I'm, I'm old school when it comes uh, Same. to that. I am too. <laughs> I love to write in my journal. Okay. <laughs> so how's your sleep? Be honest. How, how many hours? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, about six to eight months ago, I was having, I, I wasn't sleeping. And when people say that sleep is one of the most important things in life, Oh my gosh, I wasn't as effective at work. I wasn't as happy. I was I was miserable. I tried everything like I tried pillow spray and like uh, earplugs and um sound machines and everything. And I've personally, I think it's a very personal thing, but I've come up with a few things that I think really work and my sleep has significantly changed. Um I don't go to bed till 11:30-12 every night. Um But when I get home, I'll drink a kombucha and it kind of gives me this tiny little buzz of caffeine that gets me kind of clearly through until that time, you know, eight or nine at night where I start getting really tired. Um, I, my friend um, who I travel with a lot is a huge (laughs) (laughs) and she brought me earplugs on a recent trip. And I put those babies in and I'm a light sleeper and I didn't hear anything and I slept all the way through the night. So I use earplugs every night when I sleep. Um, I Like I literally will wake up if my dog like moves. So earplugs, 
a little bit of like a tiny caffeine boost. And I know some people, you know, kombucha is lighter for me, um, but it really made me feel nice until eight or nine and not like, oh my gosh, I get home and I just want to like sit on the couch and, and not do anything. Um, I use a lavender pillow spray, mm. earplugs, and I have just slept so much better. Um, and I don't wake up during the night. And what, what are you it, averaging now? Like how many hours? I probably, I go to bed at let's say 11, 30, 12, and I wake up at like 6, 30. That's decent. I mean, you're you almost close to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've okay. gotten a lot better. I'm very proud of myself. Proud of you too. <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> okay. So I know you're, you know, doing pound a lot, but outside of pound, is there another workout that is like one of your absolute favorite? Yeah. You know, this is something that I've really recognized lately and that I'm okay saying out loud. <laughs> um, after you know, being an athlete fitness, it, I don't wake up and say, like, I'm not the person that wakes up and is like, I'm going to get my workout in before 5am or 6am. And it, it doesn't come easy to me and it never has. And, and I think that's why pound was created because I needed something that would never feel like a chore. Right. And that always is ever changing and feels exciting and feels effective and feels like a going to a concert instead of working out. So I know that about myself and I've really gotten into this, I guess a better relationship with myself. I, I run a business where I have to be really present and focused and on point every day and also really creative. Um, and I also run a fitness company. So finding that balance has been really difficult for me at times. So. I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to feel bad if I don't work out every single day of the week. I'm going to find ways that really serve me. So there's a bike path in front of my house. I got rollerblades a couple of weeks ago. I love rollerblading. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on hikes on the weekends. I'm going to take advantage of, you know, the Tuesday night pound class that we have and the Thursday pound class that we do at headquarters. And I'm going to serve my body and feed it what it needs and not feel like I need to be that person that wakes up every day and works out, you know, six days a week. So I probably work out three or four days a week. And sometimes it's really light and sometimes it's a incredible crazy sweaty pound class and sometimes I'm traveling and it's four classes in a day um but I've just started listening to my body and my mind and I know my when my mind says Kirsten you can't even breathe right now you're anxious stop what you're doing and go do a pound class or go take a walk or go you know run on the bike path um we know when we need it it's just about listening to ourselves and serving ourselves right when when we really really need it most I don't think I just answered your question but no you answered, <laughs> you answered my question more than you could 
even know because I actually had a debate yesterday with my family. We like to debate all the time. Me being, you know, a fitness business owner. And I also have three daughters and they play sports. And the middle child. I have two sisters. You do? Yeah. And I was the middle child. Oh, awesome. Okay. So the middle child, just like you, she got into a debate with her dad yesterday about not liking her AAU basketball practice. And he got a little upset because he was like, oh, you got to practice. If you want to be, you know, great, you got to practice. And she was like, I understand that. I practice, but I don't like it. I'm just being honest with you. I don't really like it. And he's like, well, that can't be a thing. If you, if you're practicing, well, if you want to be an athlete, you have to like the practice part. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't, (laughs) but I'll do it. You know? (laughs) So you just made that point too. It's like, you don't have to love it all the time. You may, you know, there's other things that she likes to do. Like you may, you like to do the rollerblading, you know, she likes to go to dance class sometimes instead of playing basketball. But yeah, it's a thing. So you answered the question. You totally did. Yeah. She'll she'll appreciate your answer. She's probably going to take this back (laughs) to her dad and like, see, I told you, I told you. (laughs) All right. So what's, what's always in your gym bag? Well, if I'm being totally honest, I don't have a gym bag because I live behind my office and our (laughs) office has a studio in it. So I'm the person who's like, oh, it's a workout, run up, change my clothes and come back down. So (laughs) I'm lucky enough to um, live that life. I feel very grateful for, for that. So many people are like, girl, you need to separate your life, your personal life and your work. And I'm like... It's impossible. I'm fine. I actually got really into kind of like gym and beauty products recently, but I think if I had a gym bag, um, it would obviously have ripsticks in it and extra underwear um, and clothing and a sports bra because I literally always forget my sports bra no matter what, which is horrible. Um, But I'd probably also have – I use this really amazing – it's called uh, Neogen Green Tea Cleansing Stick, and it looks like a glue stick. Um, okay. But And you put it on your face like a glue stick, but it's amazing to travel with because it's not liquid, and Ooh. it's incredible. So I always like to wash my face before uh, or after a workout, and then I'd probably bring my Tata Harper cleanser or my moisturizer and some like some of those awesome like wipes I don't sweat when I work out what how is this possible it is (laughs) people think it's amazing I think it's horrible um because I'm like it it feels good to sweat I mean I sweat a little bit but I'm just not a big sweater I'm like I just feel like everything is being held behind my skin and I'm like Mm -hmm. but and I also want to like look like that you know like badass like all sweaty and stuff but it just doesn't happen for me (laughs) well do you even have to like really care about the deodorant that you wear (laughs) I I think I do yeah I think I do (laughs) I I've used um I use men's deodorant I don't know what it's called what my I use my dad's deodorant growing up and I think that stuck with me um I can't remember the brand right now but it's men's deodorant yeah okay okay all right. This is all helpful information. I know so much about you that I didn't think I was going to learn today. Okay. Um, so what's next? What's next for you? What's next for Pound? Oh, um, so many things. I We're actually in the process of planning out 2020. And 
gosh, I, I don't want to give away anything. <laughs> How do a I? Teaser. Oh, oh, let's like say this. Teaser. Okay. Next year is all about going to be all about bringing our community closer, um, bringing our community new and exciting things that they may not expect, and um, growing our global community. So right now we have we have over 20,000 pound pros, which is what we call our instructors. And pound is in, gosh, I believe over 74 countries now. Oh, wow. So our community is so large, and but it feels really small. Um, probably goes back to what I said in the beginning where it just – feel like I'm, I'm, I'm still, I don't know, it just, it, it's kind of hard for me to grasp the, the largeness of it all, but it'll be about bringing that community closer, obviously growing it, but bringing everybody closer together as well. And you're coming to Pretty Girl Sweat Fest yeah, in 2019. So okay. What are you looking forward to most about this experience? You know, Pound is, a hard group fitness program to explain to people. And I like that. So the best thing is when you get to experience it with people. And I love what you do. I love what you stand for. I love the Pretty Girl Sweat mission. So anything that is purpose-driven, that has meaning and goes beyond a workout, I'm not only excited about, but I know I can stand behind. So I'm so excited to make the trip and make some major noise with you. Also, one of my favorite cities in the world. So I'm excited <laughs> about that as well. Um, I'm, I'm really stoked and honored um, to, to be able to teach. I think, you know, I said this the other day, teaching is a, is a privilege um, and we have to remain humble in our instruction. And it's one of the reasons why Pound was created because you've been a student. I've been a student. We all know the decision that it, you know, takes to get into a room or into a workout. And we know all the things that people are struggling with, whether they're things that we know or that we don't know. And I believe as instructors and teachers, we have to honor that decision that that people made to be in front of you. So I'm I'm really excited to do that and to meet some new people and to hopefully introduce Pound to some new peeps. Yes. And we're gonna end with you telling the audience when you hear the words pretty girls sweat, what do they mean to you? You know, I think that I was thinking about this um, the other day. I love that being a, a woman, a female CEO is, is possible. You know, there's, I think it's less than 10% of women who have those C-level positions in, in the United States. I love that as women, we now have the permission to be a lot of the things that we didn't in the past. So when I think of pretty girl sweat, I think of being able to be 
exactly what we want and need to be as, as women, as leaders. Um, and that could be everything from, you know, a high school athlete to a mom, to a CEO, to, um, pretty much anything. It's sad that it's taken this long. Um, but I love that, that we're living in, you know, the era that we are now and that companies like yours exist and that women have young women have a place to not only feel empowered, but to see that it's possible. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. That was awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I'll see you in September. I can't wait. And that's Kirsten. Be sure to follow her company at PoundFit on Instagram and her personal page at Kirsten Potenza. You can also visit PoundFit.com to figure out where there is a place where you can rock out and work out in your neighborhood. And be sure to check her out at Pretty Girl Sweat Fest on September 14th, where she will be getting her first ever Sweat Liberty Award. Join us on Saturday, September 14th for the third annual Pretty Girl Sweat Fest Atlanta. Grab your squad for the ultimate Sweat Sisterhood Fitness Festival. Register to receive exclusive access to elite trainers. Because with heart-pumping workouts coupled with the dopest female DJs, you'll get a first-class ticket to your favorite fitness trends and hit songs. When you're not sweating it out, you can rehydrate at our SIP stations, refuel in our Savor Garden filled with deliciously healthy food trucks, refresh in our Style Lounge, and shop in our Vendor Village. Head on over to prettygirlsweat.com PGSF to get your tickets today before they're gone. Just one more thing before you take off. Do you want to get a short email from Pretty Girl Sweat every Monday and Friday that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events? Just go to prettygirlsweat.com. That's prettygirls with an S, sweat.com. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time. Always remember that good things come to those who sweat.